This is The Business Whip, a podcast dedicated to building pleasurable, productive, and ultimately profitable businesses. I'm Veronica Jans, and I'm obsessed with backends, specifically your business backend, your operations. And I'm the CEO and founder of Business Laid Bear, an operations agency that builds efficient and well-lubricated businesses through operations that feel orgasmic. And when you feel good, everyone else feels good too, meaning your team and your customers. Who doesn't want to consent to that? This podcast will give you the tips, interviews, and mindset shifts on how to run your business and its operations with immense pleasure and trust. So, ready to whip your business into shape with me? Let's get it on. Okay, I'm going to be totally honest, and I'm not sure how this episode is going to pan out. I've never done a year-end review before so publicly like this, so I'm not sure how to structure it. I wrote down some like bullet points and things, and so... We're just gonna, we're just gonna wing it. Usually I'm not the type of person that likes to wing things, but you know what, for this episode, we're just gonna keep it authentic. I'm pulling up ClickUp right now, so shout out to ClickUp, my favorite project management app, and I'm just looking through my goals, looking through what I wrote down, and holy crap, 2020 has been crazy, like with everything that happened with the pandemic and my business, and it was just like, I don't know, there's just so many words because to be honest, I feel really ambivalent. It's really, really easy for me to sit in the center and be able to entertain two yet opposite feelings and thoughts towards that subject. And it's like, to be honest, 2020 was an amazing year for my business, but at the same time, I can feel the pain empathize with the people that have lost jobs and people who have lost loved ones and a part of me was not sure how I wanted to talk about this because it's like I don't want to be tone deaf and not talk about the biggest thing that's happened to us this year but at the same time it's like how do I not take on the world like this and have it weigh so heavily on me and just keep going you know so yeah I don't I totally didn't script this episode, so this is what you get of me. Just like pure and unfiltered and raw thoughts. So with the pandemic set aside, because there's not much I can talk about there that we all don't already know about or see on the news so much, I just have to say that it's been rough. Like I'm so fortunate that I was able to be in the situation that I was in terms of my life and my business, but my God, my heart just goes out to so many people. And yeah, it's, oh God, I'm crying. It's, it's a struggle. So look at me at a loss for words, at how crazy this year was for, for that. So with that being said, let's move on to something that I can totally chat about and within my realm of control, which is business laid bare. And upon talking about this intro, I just had a thought. Maybe the easiest way that I can talk about the year-end review is just to give you a summary of what happened and then do what I love to teach my clients how to do in their business, which kudos goes to my partner Curtis for teaching me about this, is called a retrospective. And so in a retrospective, there are actually four key questions that you ask to basically problem solve and to get an idea of the situation that's before you so that you know 
how to move forward and you know what wisdom and insights you need to hear or the pain points you need to hear so that things can move and progress. I'm only going to actually address three of the questions today because I'm going to address the fourth question in the next episode because it pertains to the next episode so much better. Okay, so with that being said, let me open up ClickUp and look at my goals. So I had set one goal for 2020, and I also set one word of the year for 2020. The goal was that I wanted to make $100,000 gross in my business. And the word that I chose for 2020 was joy. And the reason why I chose joy was because in Q4 of 2019, I up until that point was like struggling to make money, to get my message across, to showcase the value of operations and systems and processes to business owners. And so Q4 of 2019 was actually the time that I decided to just burn my business to the ground. Like every single aspect that did not bring me joy that I had to fight tooth and nail for, that did not feel like there was ease, I, I took it out. And I made a promise to myself, like I drew a line in the sand and I was like, I only want to do things that bring me joy. I only want to be with people that bring me joy. I only want to participate in events or what have you that bring me joy. If it didn't feel good and if I was not ecstatically like giddy about it, I was going to say no because at the end of the day, I am such a inch wide, mile deep kind of person. Like you can see it with everything in my life from my music choices to the food I eat to the company I keep. And why should business be any different, right? Like if I've always thrived at doing less is more or quality over quantity, I'm going to apply this to my business. So I decided that 2020 was going to be the year that everything changed because for the two or three years that I was doing business before then, everything sucked. Everything was hard. Everything didn't feel good. And I felt like I was bending over backwards in a way that did not feel good whatsoever to me. So in 2020, I did not hit my revenue goal of $100,000. I actually made $92,000. Okay, there was some like pennies and stuff in there, but for the sake of this episode, we're just going to round to $92,000 even. Am I a little sad about it? Yes, because I set a goal for myself and it's like, I'm so close, I can almost taste it. But at the same time, if I was to only see my business in terms of success or failure as it relates to a revenue goal, I would have to discount so much growth and progress and lessons learned and friendships made and call this year like a wash because I like failed, right? So even though I didn't make my goal and I'm very, very goal-oriented and results-oriented, I'm going to be okay with it. Because what got me really excited was that expenses-wise, I spent about $33,000, which netted me an income of $59,000 or a 64% overall profit, which I'm pretty excited about. Um, I think I ran a pretty lean business and was averaging over 70% profit per month until about Q4 of 2020 when I started investing in a team, in consulting outside services to grow my business in 2021. So it dipped my my revenue down, my overall profit down, but I'm okay with that. 
So, and I wanted to share this with you because I value being transparent, but if there are ways in which I could show you how to not make the same mistakes I did maybe or what have you, I'm all for it. So this year I made $92,000 and it felt so effortless in a way because I was focused on like one offer. I only did things that excited me. I structured my business in a way that just made me so excited to be a part of it and it got my ideal clients excited too. So I gotta call that a win. So with that being said, let's actually jump into the retrospective. Okay, so because I'm such a positive and optimistic person, I like to ask the good questions first. You know how like people were like, give me the good news second after you give me the bad news first? I'm, I'm kind of the opposite. I'd rather just hear the good news first because maybe then the bad news won't be, won't be so bad, right? Just me? Okay. Anyways, so the first question I like to ask and teach my clients to ask their team is what went well? And the beauty of this question will actually are pretty open-ended, which then gives people the chance to actually speak what's on their mind. So if you're just thinking about, oh, what went well revenue-wise, but their first thought is what went well, like maybe productivity-wise or whatever it is that's important to them, they'll tell you. So by asking the question, what went well, and stopping there gives your team the ability to bring up what's important to them or what wins were more prioritized than others. And it's like insight for you. So anyways, let me go to my list. So I've got quite a few and I'll try to be as succinct as I can because they kind of all tie together in terms of the retrospective overall. You'll see. Okay, so what went well? What we just talked about? I almost hit six figures in the first year of my business. While I've been in the online business space for quite some time, I burnt my business to the ground, right? So I don't want to be a parrot about this, but it's like, I feel like by starting over this year, I had a new ideal client avatar, new offerings, new everything. So pretty much the audience that I built up over the last few years didn't really count because what I was doing was not in their scope of work. I'm targeting more established business owners. And at the beginning, I was pretty much just targeting like new entrepreneurs, new business owners. And so I would like to say that in my first year of business, I was able to make almost $100,000. And it's because, here goes point two, I systematized the shit out of my business. And if I'm an operations agency helping other people make their businesses feel more orgasmic with great operations, it's like I have to walk my talk too. And so by systematizing everything and creating processes and just making things easier, I was able to have more profits, more time, more ease. Um, I felt more productive. And I remember in like one Facebook message I sent to my friend, I'm like, I feel like I'm making money so effortlessly, it almost feels illegal. Because even though I was working less because I'm such a quality over quantity person, I chose to stick to the one-on-one space. And I had between three and four clients at any given time. And the work that we were doing together just felt so easy to me. Because one, I'm amazing at what I do. But two, it's because it's in my zone of genius. And I didn't say yes to projects like, oh, can you design a website? Please don't ever ask me to design a website or make you graphics because you're just wasting your time. 
And so I just stuck to what I knew and that in turn made the work easier and the quality of work that I was able to produce for my clients was above what I would have ever been able to produce otherwise. So yeah, huge win. Because I was able to systematize the shit out of my business, I was able to do everything faster, quicker, and of course run a leaner business because then I was able to see what apps did I not need or what apps did I need that could probably kill maybe three birds with one stone. By having a good operations strategy for myself, I was able to just maximize everything and yeah, effortless was such a repetitive word that I kept mumbling to myself all the time because I had never felt this way before. Okay, what else? Oh yeah, so my hypothesis, well rather not a hypothesis, but a desire to only do things that felt orgasmic to me paid off. And I never actually thought it would pay off for my clients as well. But here I am, the numbers speak for themselves. And I'm just like so excited for the people that I attract because I love working with my clients. It's like everything is just so dreamy and ideal. Oh gosh. Okay, here's a big one. So I'm reading off of a list. Let me just be really honest. So these little comments that I make to myself, yeah, I'm not going to edit this out. But my next thing was for the first time in my business career, I decided to play to win instead of playing not to lose. So there is a huge distinction between these two. And I never knew that I was always doing the latter of playing not to lose this whole time until 2020. I guess as much as I am adventurous and like into taking risks, I think having my own business really made everything like more vulnerable because like I was the face of my business. So by playing to not lose in the past, it never got me anywhere. And so this year I was just like, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to take the right risks. I'm going to put myself out there, shoot for the stars that I meant to shoot for, and let's see what happens. I'm just going to never play to not lose ever again because I don't know why. Actually, I do know why. And I think it also relates to my worth. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's a big one. So worth and mindset. I think that's what switched this year was that because I felt worthy, because I knew the value that I could offer my people, it allowed me to play this way. It allowed me to play to win. And because I was able to get my messaging down and my mindset better, not saying down because, oh God, do I have mindset issues at times? I think we all do. I was able to really just communicate and like stand in my own power. So yeah, mindset, messaging, systems, big themes in my business for this year. Okay, what else? Yes, so I focused only on one offer. As someone who does systems and operations and processes, I knew that every time I wanted to offer something else, like a like oh maybe I can do I can do like a low ticket offer or something. Every offer that you have, I've learned that you have to have a marketing system that goes with it, an offer fulfillment system that goes with it and like a customer service system that goes with it, right? There's like so many things that go into an offer and not just like, oh, hey, I'm going to start a new thing. So by focusing on one offer, I was really able to hone in on 
the aspects that go into it, the offer fulfillment part, which I productize the crap out of, like even though it's a one-on-one offer, it's like what I do is so well lubricated and frameworked, it almost feels like it's a product in a way, even though it's highly customized to each client, like win-win. And so working on the marketing side of it, working on the offer fulfillment, working on the customer service, working on the delivery, all of that stuff, I just refined and focused on it because I didn't have any other offer to like take my attention away and it totally paid off. Plus, quality over quantity person, here I am. That one offer allowed me to pretty much keep shiny object syndrome at bay. So this was the first year that I didn't feel like I was doing all the things or like working so hard and not having anything to show for because I only said yes to one offer. I only said yes to things that made me feel good and because I wasn't tempted to try to like do things that my ideal client didn't need, I just felt safe, right? Playing in my own space and just feeling really good about it. Like I didn't feel... I didn't feel like I was lacking. I think for me, when it comes to shiny object syndrome and if I'm constantly like starting new projects because I'm hearing people say like, oh, TikTok's the place you have to be or you have to do a webinar or you have to do this or you should do this or all the most successful businesses have some sort of a passive income revenue stream. Yes, that totally makes sense and I don't discount it but like for me at this time at this present like moment this year it's like all that can come but if they all come at the same time nothing's ever going to get done and I'm the type of person that likes things to be done the only thing that I like half-baked are cookies so by focusing on one offer and sticking to it and getting to know my ideal clients so so well I was able to focus on what really mattered basically solving their needs and why they came to Business Laid Bare in the first place. And yes, okay, okay, my next one. I was able to go from a team of just me, solo me, to hiring two people. So shout out to Rachel and Rebecca for being on this crazy journey with me and being so amazing as team members. Like, as someone who is such a control freak, I mean, hands-on person, I struggle too. So while I teach my ideal clients to let go and to delegate, it's like I also have to deal with the same shit too. So it's like I just go back and practice what I preach. Like I literally have to practice what I preach by creating good systems, good processes, having great communication because communication is like at the foundation of everything. I was able to get the three of us working so well together that it's just like, oh my God, if this is what it means to be a CEO of this is what it means to have team members support you in all the best ways so that you don't have to like micromanage them or like if I'm sick or I recently had surgery and needed like Rachel to take care of our clients for like two weeks it was all good I was able to focus on getting well I was able to take a day off because I just needed to decompress and it's like nothing like blew up and then Rebecca really really helped me with my marketing stuff because if there's anything that I know is that marketing is like not my thing and as much as I like try to work on it I would rather hire people who are experts and people who are better than me and this is something that I should have done in my business years ago but I just didn't have the right messaging or the right 
I don't know, mindset about it. So by being able to hire somebody to be my assistant to help me with client work and kind of like internal workings of things I need to do and also hiring out creative direction and marketing, I get to just focus on the stuff that I do really, really well and we keep track of everything in Notion and ClickUp. So shout out to Notion as well so that the business runs well, so that information is readily available, so that people can be resourceful and do the work and get it done and just be really, really transparent about it. So being able to like grow my team slowly at a time has been fantastic and I just can't wait to jump into 2021 like hitting the ground running because we kind of worked out the kinks in 2020. And then finally, from the curated list of what went well, I got to start this podcast. Like I literally wanted to start this podcast in January of 2020 and it's taken me like 11 months and things to Rebecca and being able to help me like get out my brand narrative and get my story out and to actually talk about the things that my people want to hear from me, the business whip was born, right? And I just wouldn't be able to do this all by myself because I'm too close to my business. And as cliche as the saying is, it's like you can't read the label if you're too close or inside the bottle. So I was way too close and inside the bottle. And I'm just so excited for what this podcast will bring because there is so much for me to say. I have so much to say. Like, I don't know why I didn't start a podcast before. Oh, that's right. That's because I didn't think that what I had to say was worthy enough of a podcast platform. So I would say that this is a good sampling of things that went well. All right. So question number two we ask in our retrospective is what did not go well? And this is always a really interesting answer because like what did go well, it's like it's always so insightful to me to see like what are the first things that people bring up because it's not just like one thing. Just like the positive, it's like the negatives start to roll in and you see like what is most important to people when they talk. So for me, when I started writing down this list, the first thing I wrote that did not go well for 2020 was that I'm a recovering people pleaser. So saying no was hard for me. As much as I focused on doing things that were orgasmic, I wasn't perfect and I never thought I would be and I was disappointed in myself sometimes for saying yes to things that I didn't want to do or just like going, oh, it's no big deal. I can take this meeting at this like later time or this time that I should be spending with my family, right? But I did it anyways. And I would be lying if, you know, I didn't tell you these things. So the first thing that I wrote was, yeah, saying no was hard. And specifically, saying no to clients sometimes was hard. And then the second thing that I wrote I didn't have good boundaries. Yeah, no shit. Looking back at like my toggle because I track my hours, my team and I, we have a really good habit of tracking how long it takes us to do things, not because it's how we're paid or anything, but to me, everything is information. Everything is data. And I could see that in my toggle report, 
all the days that I took meetings, I wasn't as productive as I wanted to be. Context switching is not fun for me. And as much as I like to say I'm a multitasker, I'm really not. Like, I'm just going to be real with myself. I'm really not a good multitasker at all. It's just this is what I had to do to survive, to thrive, or to get through college. And if I look at my daily breakdowns or the weekly breakdowns, it shows that the days that I took meetings sporadically, I didn't do the work that I was supposed to do or they took a long time to get done. Now, speaking of work, the third thing I wrote about things that didn't go well was that I was doing so much of the things that I could have delegated to my team. My default is to do everything myself. And it hit home one day when I was reading like a Facebook post where they say that extreme independence is a trauma response. And I'm like, oh my God, totally. Like I hate depending on people sometimes, but you know what? I've learned to do so because not depending on other people meant that I didn't trust them. And so poor Rachel, who is my integrator, she has to like constantly remind me to let her do things because sometimes I don't even think about it. I give her a list of all the things that need to be done and she's like, um, hello, I could do these things. I could do a lot of these things. This is why you hired me, remember? And so I'm really glad that she calls me out and like proactively takes things off my plate. And the last thing that I wrote on this curated list of things that didn't go well is that for most of the year, I was doing my marketing, or rather because I was in charge of marketing, marketing didn't happen. And I think that this is one of the biggest reasons why my business was very stagnant in the years before I burned it down in 2019 was because I was doing everything myself. And marketing is just like not my thing. Showing up on social media and like interacting on social media. Like I like to do it when I wanna do it and I want to share pictures and awesome videos of my dog Harper or show Instagram stories of the food that I'm cooking that day or meals that I make and not necessarily like business related stuff. And so when it came to business stuff, I think I was just hiding a lot because I wasn't sure what to post a lot of the times, right? Because of analysis paralysis and all these like mind trash things that are going through my mind. So up until about the end of October, I was doing everything myself until I hired my current creative director, Rebecca. And I'm so glad I did because in the two quick months that we spent together, so much has gotten done, including this podcast and the brand narrative and all that good stuff. And so What's not going well is that I'm still sussing out my lead generation marketing visibility system. Like I want that to be so well lubricated in 2021 that it's just going to blow whatever happened in 2020 out of the water. I don't want to be the type of business owner whose marketing efforts, whose consult call requests or visibility initiatives are dependent on me showing up. And if I don't show up because I'm head down working on client work, I don't want that to affect my business in the future. And that's exactly what happened. For a lot of the time, 
during when COVID had just started. So like I'm talking February, March, April, I pretty much was working with my clients to come up with a whole new operation strategy so that they can ride out the pandemic or pivot or do whatever it is they needed to do to stay afloat. And so, so much of my energy was dedicated to them that I was pretty much MIA from any type of social media platform or any type of like visibility platform. So instead of marketing my business, I basically had to choose. And of course I chose my paying clients. After we talk about what went well and what didn't go well, the next question in a retrospective is, what did we learn or what did you learn? It's amazing how by going through the positives and the negatives, like you start to analyze like things that happened. There were reasons why you chose things that were positive and negative. And for me, a lot of it was about showing up or not showing up or being able to run a business on my terms without constantly having to make sure that I was on track with what the gurus said. The first thing I wrote on what did I learn in my re-first year of business is I learned how to be a CEO. I learned how to be a boss. First of all, I had to learn to be a boss for myself. I had to have the discipline. Like if I wanted my team to be as excellent as I have always imagined my team would be, I had to be the first one to set that example. I had to set up the systems for myself. I had to set up the boundaries that I actually did follow for myself. I had to make sure that I wasn't going to be creating any what I call productivity whiplash for my team, meaning, oh, we're working on this one project like like a webinar or something, and all of a sudden I'm like, oh, shining object syndrome, let's actually do like a TikTok strategy. I don't know why these two keep coming up in my examples because I don't do any of those, but that to me is like whiplash, right? And if I want my team to focus and we actually like do things to make progress and rather than like spinning in circles and going nowhere, it's like I had to have that discipline for myself first. So I learned how to be the CEO that I would look up to. Like what were the things that were important to me? How did I want my team to show up? How did I want my team to be valued? And so I'm really glad that by the time I onboarded my team, I had already put in place like the systems and boundaries and needs and goals and the way that I wanted the business to operate like in sprints down. And because I did all that, I learned how to delegate as much as I wanted to do everything myself because this was like how I operated all through my life. I got to let go of that shit. So I learned how to delegate. When Rebecca comes to me talking about my Instagram feed and all that good stuff, it's like we've talked about the business laid bare brand narrative so much. She has my articulation guide that my amazing copywriter Kaylin Aaron wrote. So shout out to you, Kaylin, for being able to articulate how I do my business, how I speak to my ideal audience. She has the tools to be able to create the content or the caption to my standards and needs. I also learned that I'm a pretty great problem solver. And sometimes when my team may work themselves into a frenzy and come to me like worried about something, like we talk it out and we fix it and we come up with solutions that make sense. And sometimes I even challenge them like, is this even a problem? 
Or is this the problem worth talking about now? Or is there something more important? And this is just like masking up the real issue. I learned how to problem solve, but I also learned how to help them problem solve. And I think it's been so rewarding to watch how this dynamic between all of us unfolds. It just makes me really, really giddy for what's like to come in 2021. And on a personal level, and how this relates to business is that I've also learned how to give people space and how to hold space for them to feel heard. And so sometimes clients just need to vent or sometimes we don't talk about business at all because in order for business to happen between me and my clients or me and my team, we have to get what's bothering them or what's bugging them out of the way. And so I've learned to hold space and to not only just hear them, but to listen to them. It gives them that space to vent or that safe space to release whatever they need to release to move on. So with us, business is really, really personal at Business Laid Bare. Like the people that I work with, the clients that I work with, these are people that I would befriend in real life because that's just the type of person I am. Relationships and connections are so important to me because at the end of the day, we're all human. And so if for the sake of professionalism, we're not supposed to talk about sex or things that are bothering us or things that are affecting our ability to work is how somebody thinks or operates, that's just not who we are. And so I'm learning that by humanizing the experience of working at Business Laid Bear and how this concept just like permeates so much of what we do I've learned that it helps make everyone better, which then in turn makes the business better. Oh, okay, so I'm really excited to talk about these next two points. I learned to love selling. And this is because I realized that selling and talking about my services tied so much to my mindset, tied so much to my messaging. And so without Kaylin's copywriting wizardry, I wouldn't be where I am today. And I have to give thanks to my dear friend, Sabrina Torres of Be Truly Social. She does amazing social media and does high ticket sales for clients. And all of my sales savviness is from her trainings, is from her coaching me, is from her showing that sales does not have to be sleazy unless I want it to be. Sales can be a conversational, low-key, relaxed component of my work and that I don't have to put so much pressure on it because at the end of the day, it's just a conversation. And then on top of mindset issues and mind trash, I also have money blocks that I'm, I'm still getting over. Like I have a lot of baggage when it comes to money and lack thereof and all the things that happened to me as a kid. I learned that my business started to thrive this year when I decided to look at my money every day or almost every day, even if it's just like for a couple seconds to a couple minutes or my bank accounts. And it further helped me to run my business really well when I did my bookkeeping 
Like instead of outsourcing my bookkeeping this year, I decided I wanted to be the one to do my bookkeeping because I wanted to see where the money was going each month, what I was spending money on, what was a good expenditure, what was maybe not such a good expenditure, and it allowed me to make better decisions. Yes, I can't wait to outsource bookkeeping in the future, but learning to address my money, deal with it, have conversations and often difficult ones with myself really helped me be a better boss for myself and I think for the business. And in turn, I'm actually starting to love looking at money stuff. Like last year, I didn't really do my books except for maybe one, two or three times a quarter. Yeah, like I saved everything for the end too and I just, I didn't know what my numbers were. I never knew how much money I was making. I didn't know what my profit was and oh my God, it was just constantly a shot in the dark. But because I do my bookkeeping and because I knew how much money I'm making each quarter or each month, it allows me to tailor my strategies or how many consult calls I need to book or how many upsells I need to do. And so being able to do my money on my own, I learned how to run operationally and financially a business that is sustainable. So there is a final question in this retrospective, but I'm not going to talk about it in this episode or answer it because the next episode that drops, I'm going to be talking about what my plans are and what Business Laid Bear's plans are for 2021. And that question is so much more applicable to that episode than this one. Yeah, I'm trying to be a tease here, so work with me, okay? But there you have it. Despite all the craziness, I can't believe that my business took off in 2021. I was so afraid of what was going to happen during the pandemic in the early months and even till now, but it just seems that, you know, business laid bare is chugging along and I am forever grateful for it because I am looking forward to like building on it next year. I'm really, really grateful that I've been able to do this yearly review for you and retrospective style at that. And I hope that this kind of gives you an insight into what happened in my business, both the good and the bad and even some like rough numbers for you. So I'm not just like, you know, pretending that I'm better or a bigger deal than I really am. You know, this is just not who I am. So if this episode helps you or if you are planning on using these retrospective questions for yourself, like what went well, what didn't go well, what did you learn? I want to hear from you. Like reach out to me and tell me like what are some of the epiphanies or lessons or things that went well or things that did not go well that happened to you. Like I, I want to hear from you because this this stuff is important. Like addressing the things that go well and don't go on your business, it's not just it's not just for shits and giggles. It's for you to get better because you will get better and your business will get better if you set your mind to it. So for me, 2020 was definitely the year of joy. And it was because of my messaging, my mindset work, and also my systems that I put into place that allowed me to build an almost six-figure business in one year and also to hire two amazing people to help me grow the business the way that they're helping me It's just like unbelievable. And I want that ease for you. I want that expansion and that excitement. And you can totally have it because you wouldn't be here if you didn't want it. So 
So with that being said, here's an end to 2020 and here's to a kick-ass 2021. Thanks for listening to The Business Whip, hosted by yours truly, Veronica Yons, CEO and founder of Business Laid Bare. If you enjoyed this episode, spank that subscribe button in whichever podcast app you're listening in and share this with your friends. Thank you from the bottom of my butt, because let's be real, it's so much bigger than my heart. I'll see you in the next episode.